Oh, well, I, I can okay, it just finish it. You talk. I'll get it. I get it. I get it. ृष्ण ृष्णी वासुदेवायनाथ्यागाचीवायनाथ्यागाचीवायनाथ्यागाचीवायनाथ्यागाचीवायनाथ्यागाचीवायनाथ्यागाचीवायनाथ्यागाचीवायनाथ्यागाच
free from attachment to the material world, beyond the mind and words, and independent of everything else. That bhakti yoga, devotional service to Lord Vasudeva, is the real path of liberation. Purport by Srila Prabhupada. Brahman realization is the beginning of liberation, and Paramatma realization is still further advancement toward the realm of liberation. But when one achieves real liberation, when he understands his position as an eternal servant of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Mukti Hitva Anyata Rupam Swarupena Vyavastati, in the material world, in the bodily conception of life, everyone is working in the wrong direction. When one becomes Brahmabhuta, spiritually realized, one understands that he is not the body and that working in the bodily conception of life is useless and misdirected. Then his devotional service begins, as Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita, 18th chapter 54, Brahmabhuta prasanatma nasuchati nakanchati samak sarveshu bhuteshu madbhaktin labhate param. One who is thus transcendentally situated realizes the supreme Brahman and becomes fully joyful. He never laments nor desires to have anything. He is equally disposed to every living entity. In that state, he attains pure devotional service unto me. Unquote. Devotional service is actual liberation. When one is attracted by the beauty of the Supreme Personality of Godhead and his mind is always engaged at the Lord's lotus feet, he is no longer interested in subjects that do not help him in self-realization. In other words, he loses all attraction for material activity. In the Taittareya Upanishad, it is said that a living entity becomes established in spiritual, blissful life when he fully understands that his happiness depends on the spiritual self-realization, which is the basic principle of ananda, bliss. When he is eternally situated in the service of the Lord, who has no other Lord above him? That sends the purport to this verse of Srimad Bhagavatam. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya, Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya, Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. So this is a uh, very nice verse to speak about because it talks about the process of pure devotional service to the Supreme Lord. So Lord, there's, there's Vasudev and Vasudev. Here it mentions just, uh, there's lots of things to mention here. Uh, the Vas, Vas, Vasu with a long A, Vasudeva, is Lord Vasudeva, the son of Vasudeva with a short A. So Vasudeva, Vasudeva and Devaki are the parents of Lord Krishna. So he is called Vasudeva with a with the long A, and, and he's the son of Vasudeva. So the for new devotees. This is something to learn. Vasudeva and Vasudeva, the father of Krishna. So, father of Krishna is the short A, Vasudeva, and the Lord is called Vasudeva. 
So this indicates who we're talking about. What somebody may say, there are so many gods, who is God? Uh, you know, what is God? So here we have directly who God appears. Everyone knows that Krishna appears as the son of Vasudeva and Devaki. So this indicates exactly who we're talking about, Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, and no one else. So it mentions here many, many births, after many, many births, when the results of one's pious activities mature, one gets an opportunity to associate with pure devotees. So this is a, an interesting concept that we do not have in the Western uh, religious system of uh, Juda Judaism or Christianity. Uh, they believe we have one life. We're born with no reason of uh, why one is um, fortunate or one is unfortunate. Personally, this was a problem I had when I first came to Krishna consciousness with, with my upbringing as a, as a Christian. I could not understand why is it that God puts people in, in various positions. Some people are starving. Some people are kings. Some people are different countries under various conditions of either enjoying or suffering. So I used to think to myself, God is very unfair that someone is born in a poor country without opportunities and someone is born a rich country with all opportunities. And some people are born with uh, defects and with diseases and uh, birth defects and uh, shortcomings and mental, mental difficulties. So it is not, not an equal playing field, as we would say for the beginning, for, the, for one's lives throughout the world. But here we understand, uh, when I came to Krishna consciousness, uh, this word karma is a very common term. So we understand that one's karma, one's actions and reactions <coughs> determine uh, what one gets. So we understand through the Vedic system that it, here it says right in this verse, after many, many births, it doesn't just say many, it says many, 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 many births. So we've been around for, uh, we say the soul is eternal. All religions talk about the soul is eternal, but for some reason in Christian and Judaism, they believe that the soul just started when you were born in the 40s, the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, or the 80s, 90s, or the 2000s. Whenever you appeared in this world, that was your beginning. And nor do they believe that the animals have a soul. This was another big misconception that I saw in the Western religion. Animals have no soul. And yet we see, Prabhupada talks about it, we see the animals, they have feelings. Uh, they love their children, they nurse, their, they take care of their children. Uh, they, if you cut them or injure them in some way, they feel pain and uh, no one wants to die. And so it is just uh, the animals are a lower species of life and they do not have the opportunity to realize God. That's why we say now that we have this human form of life, 
let us inquire about God. Let us inquire about Brahman. Because the human society is the only society where we can ask these questions. We notice that the dogs, the cats, and uh, so many species of life, they're not inquiring as to what is the purpose of life. So Prabhupada always sums it up, material life. He says, material life means eating, sleeping, mating, and defending. This is the sum and substance of all existences, of all species. They eat to survive. And uh, one man's food is another man's poison, as they say. The, the tiger can uh, eat the animals. The cow is eating the grass. Uh, different foods for different species. But in the human life, it is recommended not to eat animal products. He said, because we're trying to come to the mode of goodness, the sattva gun. We understand that there are three qualities in this world, passion, goodness, passion, and ignorance. These are gunas or qualities. <coughs> and this, these are throughout uh, the world, throughout the universe. So human life, we want to try to come to the mode of goodness, and this is the quality of the brahmanas. The brahmanas are situated in goodness, whereas the uh, uh, other people, the uh, this is, of course, Varnashram system, very detailed society, Vedic culture. Uh, other religions do not divide society. Uh, Vedic system, chatur vanyam mayashistam guna karma vibhagasa. So Krishna says that the society is divided into four divisions based on their guna or their mode of nature, goodness, passion, or ignorance, and their karma and their nature of work. So, gets a chance to associate with pure devotee after many, many births. So, we understand that we're Brahmana Brahmite Kono Bhagavan Jeev. We understand we're wandering throughout the universe. Sometimes we're in the heavens. We talk about going to heaven. Other religions talk about heaven. Vedas also talk about the heavens. But heaven is not liberation. Heaven is increased uh, opportunities for enjoyment in the higher planetary systems within this universe. So after many, many births, it says, of wandering throughout the universe, and we get to the heavens by performing pious activities. You know, one always says, I want to go to heaven. How do I get to heaven? I'll be a good person. I'll pray to God. I'll do some charity. I'll help people. I'll be kind and nice. So uh, these, This is called karma kanda. There's a whole section of the Vedic scriptures, karma kanda sections, where if you do something good, you get some good result. You do something bad, you get the bad result. So this is karmakanda activity. But devotional service, Krishna consciousness or bhakti, is beyond karmakanda because it is without desire for one's personal gain or benefit. Uh, let's see, in the verse here, it's, it, let me find it there. Here. One gradually renders service to Lord Vasudev, who is transcendental, free from, free from attachment to the material world beyond the mind and words and independent of everything else. That bhakti yoga, devotional service to Lord Vasudev is the real path. 
So here it describes the nature of uh, devotional service and also the nature of the Lord is that when one becomes a devotee of Krishna, he gradually becomes free from attachment to this world because he realizes, I am not of this world. I am a spirit soul, that I am transcendental. This is the very beginning of the teachings of the Bhagavad Gita. Dehi no sminyata dehe komaram yogaram jara tata dehantaram praptir diras tatra namuyate. The, the uh, dira or the undisturbed person, he sees that the body is changing, but that we as the person, as the self or the soul, is always the same. And we're not disturbed by this. Many people are, you know, they, they enjoy youth. Uh, they're young, they're healthy, but as we become older, we become our abilities, our body begins just like an old car. Things start to break down. But we understand that we're always the same. We're transcendental or beyond this body. And eventually, the example is given of uh, clothing. You you have some coat or some clothing, and when the clothing is worn out, the coat is worn out. Then you discard the coat and you get a new coat. So the body is like that. body is like a cl- clothing or you could even say like a vehicle. After, when the vehicle becomes uh, unusable, worn out, you'll get a new vehicle and the, the old vehicle is uh, discarded. So this is the Dira. He sees this, whereas the uh, person in ignorance the, the mudha or the foolish person, Krishna says there's four kinds, four kinds of people who do not realize me. We have to understand here, this is the verse about how we realize <coughs> Krishna and we also have to see, <coughs> excuse me, there are also many people that do not realize God, don't believe in God, atheistic people. So Krishna says the mudha, mudha means a foolish person. Foolish, not that he could be a PhD, he could be a doctor, he could be a judge, he could be president of the country, but that does not make him intelligent. Uh, Intelligence means to understand one's spiritual nature. So we talk about jnana, knowledge. We, We send our children to college in India. It's very popular to push their child to get degrees, to attain as much education as possible. But this type of education is not going to help one realize God, help realize what is our relationship with Krishna. Therefore, the Vedas do not put emphasis on mundane education. In fact, if anything, it becomes a hindrance because we think we know something, but we actually are in ignorance of the real thing. We may understand science, we may understand mechanics and engineering, and we may, uh, we may be doctors and understand how the whole body is working. But do you understand that the body is working because there is a soul inside? That's what makes, Prabhupada would talk about this often, that in one minute the man is dying, in one minute the man is alive, and the, then the man passes, we say passes, passes away. So what passed away? It's a common saying in the West. We say he's passed away. So what passed away? Did the, did the water pass away? Did the, 
did the air pass away? Did the, uh, you know, the, the blood, the, what passed away? The soul passed away. <coughs> this is... This is the common way we speak, but we don't actually realize what passed away. So the intelligent person, really intelligent, with real education, understands the soul passes away, goes beyond, <coughs> beyond this body. So, so Prabhupada would say, here's the live body, and the next minute when he dies, dead body. So you're saying if an atheistic person, he says, body is just, chem I'm just chemicals. I'm just a combination of chemicals. So I say to you that all these chemicals are still there within the body, but something is missing. What is missing? The life force, the energy. And what is that energy? That is the soul. So that is real education, to see and understand the soul. And if we understand we are a soul, then we must understand that there is also a super soul or the source of all souls, and that is the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Lord Sri Krishna. So that is what Krishna consciousness is about, to um, come to that level of realizing that material world is a temporary place, and that we are sometimes elevated to higher positions. In this world, we have elevated births, and there are other planets. This is another point that Western religion does not talk about, shall we say, all religions, except for Buddhism, because Buddhism is an offshoot of Hinduism anyway. Buddha was born a Hindu king or prince, and a lot of his philosophy comes from the Vedas, although he didn't accept God. <laughs> but the idea of karma, the Buddhists believe in karma, they understand that they're taking many births, but they're trying to get to the point of nirvana or not suffering anymore and becoming a, a non-entity is their liberation. But in the other, uh, other faiths of the world, there's no talk of higher planets. I was talking with a Catholic a while ago, and he was trying to convince me that I should become a Catholic. <laughs> and then I asked him, well, what about... Is, is there life on other planets? You know, God created this universe and there's so many planets. You look at the stars at night and uh, don't you think there's life on other planets and God has made uh, life in other, in other worlds? He said, no. He said, God only made life in the earth and everything else is just for no reason <laughs> because Bible doesn't talk about other planets. Vedas talk about other planets, higher planets, lower planets, 14 planetary systems, seven up and seven down. And it's said that the earth is in the middle. And they, actually it talks about later on in these verses that the demigods, when you go to these higher planets, there's great enjoyment. And here in the Bhagavad Gita, it mentions uh, in this chapter 9, Text uh, 20 says, those who study the Vedas and drink the Soma juice, seeking the heavenly planets, worship me indirectly. And then purified of sinful reactions, they take birth on the pious heavenly planet of Indra, where they enjoy godly delights. So here we've talked about other planets. Uh, Indra, of course, we know is the king of heaven. 
and people who are, are pious and perform pious activities, not necessarily or definitely not necessarily pure devotional service, but they do some good works, charity, they help the poor, uh, they're, they're doing pious, and they pray to God, they believe in God, but they're not praying to go back to home, back to Godhead and become free from everything. There's an interesting story. Prabhupada was on the train once traveling with the devotees in the early 70s. And it's very popular in India, and I have seen this also, to ask for blessings from a sadhu. So one man came up to Prabhupada on the train. Obviously, he saw he's a sannyasi and a guru. And he said, oh, Swamiji, you know, please, please bless me and bless my family. And Prabhupada turned to his devotees and said, he does not really want the blessings I want to give him. He wants me to bless him to have, you know, more money, happier family, better house, better car, better living condition, you know, better job. These are, these are all material and temporary, but this is what people pray for. Uh, he said, my blessing is that uh, you lose your taste for all of these material things and you only desire to serve and love the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Lord Sri Krishna. So that is, that is the blessing that Prabhupada is giving us. Not to stay in this world, not to go to the planet of Indra and enjoy drinking the Soma juice. It describes Soma juice as like a heavenly beverage. Uh, talks about it here and there. Some, it's a stimulating, uh, very pleasurable uh, a drink. Uh, exactly what it is, it doesn't describe, but uh, something to look forward to. So in the higher planets, they drink this soma juice, and they're, and they're uh, it says here, worshiping me indirectly. So indirectly, they worship God by being pious. People open hospitals, and people open libraries and universities. They give their money for charity. To, these things are very popular. If you, want, if you say in India, I want to open hospital, I want to open university, so many people will give money. You say, I want to build temple to worship the Supreme Lord, not as many people because they don't understand direct devotional service. So Prabhupada talks about the... Um, Impersonalists, the Mayavadis, this word Mayavadi means one who is, does not accept the personal form of God, but is an, only sees God as impersonal. And his goal is to merge or to become one with the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So there's a verse in the Bhagavatam that says when one, after attaining that, the Brahman realization or realizing that God is energy, one eventually again falls down due to not being aruchikrachena parampadam tata pachamti uh, is a verse. He again falls down to this material world not having attained shelter of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, particularly uh, shelter of the lotus feet of the Supreme Lord. Because he uh, does not have any proper engagement merging into the supreme. Uh, you know, it's like, what do you do? 
and other other religions also you ask so you're going to go to have you're going to die and, and you want to go to god you want to go to heaven uh, you study islam they talk about heaven you study christianity they talk about heaven you study uh, judaism they talk about some kind of uh, you know higher uh, existence but what do you do there what goes on in heaven? and you talk about eternally i'm i'm going to Christians like to say, you're going to go to hell eternally if you don't worship God, if you don't worship Jesus. And, and so, you know, the idea is I'm going to go to heaven and be eternal. But what do I do? I know what hell is. You know, they all describe hell as suffering and pain and fire and descriptions. And the Bhagavatam in the fifth canto also gives descriptions of hellish planets, lower planets, where you suffer for your bad activities sinful sinful activities so sometimes we ask what is sin how do i know what is sin and what is what is pious and what is impious what is sinful and what is not sinful bhagavatam describes drinking alcohol is sinful uh there's a help for that uh this is sex life uh, sex outside of marriage uh the, the, you suffer for that it describes that you get to embrace a hot burning form of a man or a woman this is in the fifth canto. Uh, eat, killing animals unnecessarily, eating meat. Uh, there's a hell for that. The animals will come and eat, pick at you. So all of these hells are described. And also it describes what goes on in uh, Vaikuntha. We go beyond heaven. Heaven is where Indra is. Heaven is the higher planets. But uh, mukti, liberation, means going outside of the material world where life is eternal sat chit ananda eternal full of knowledge full of bliss full of knowledge does not mean you get 20 phds when you go to vaikuntha it is not that type of knowledge real knowledge is realizing my swarup my eternal form and activity and relationship with the supreme lord Sri krishna so the Lord comes, sometimes he comes as himself, as is the son of uh, Vasudev, Lord Sri Krishna. Sometimes he comes as Lord Ramachandra. Sometimes he comes various incarnations. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Looks like we lost the Prabhuji. I don't see Prabhuji in the room. Hare Krishna Rupini Mataji. Yes, Prabhuji, I will contact Mataji right away. Yeah, thank you, Mataji.
yes, he is joining. Babaji is joining back. Thank you, Madhuri. Hi, Krishna. Yes, we can hear. Can you hear, Prabhu? Yes. We can hear you, Madhuri. Can you hear? Okay. We're back? Yeah. Okay, All right, you can hear me now? Yes, but you can so. hear clearly now. All right, sorry. For some reason, it just dropped out. So no. we were talking about heaven, and we're talking about uh, Vaikuntha. Of course, the translation of the term Vaikuntha means place of no anxiety. So this is uh, the Vaikuntha planets, the Vishnu Lokas, the planets of Lord Vishnu, and ultimately Goloka, and the abode of Lord Krishna. So we may ask, why, why, why does Krishna come to this world? He, he comes to please his devotees, and uh, he also comes to protect his devotees and to destroy the uh, miscreants who are bothering the devotees. So these activities... He, he performs wonderful activities so we can have something to talk about. Like, uh, like I was talking about other religions. You, you ask a Muslim, what does God do? What is the activities of God? He has no idea. No idea what God does. He knows, what, he knows about Muhammad. He, Muhammad obviously was his uh, prophet and he came to this world to, uh, and, he, and he spread the message that you should surrender to Allah. What what goes if I return to Allah? What do I do? Don't know. Christians, so I go to heaven. I go with God. What do I do? No idea. You ask a devotee, a Christian, what do you do? Oh, there are twelve twelve relationships. There are five principal relationships and seven secondary relationships. So we talk about Santa Dasha, Sakya, Vatsalya. Madhurya, these uh, five principal relationships mostly, and then there's seven secondary, like, uh, which are not talked about as much. In nectar of devotion, these are described. So we, we, can ha- we do have a relationship, and it's a question of reviving. Prabhupada doesn't talk a lot about these things because he's talking to the wet, he's preaching to the Western people that don't even know they're not this body. So he doesn't get into a, it too deeply. Although in uh, the Rupa Goswami and his nectar, the translated as the nectar of devotion, it describes rasas and relationships. So this is what we want to meditate on. So Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita, just think of me, bow down before me, become my devotee. This is what he asks. Madmana bhavad madbhakto majaji mam namaskaru. Manmana, man, man, the mana, the mind, just think, fix the mind on Krishna. So this becomes easier if we become familiar with the activities of the Lord. So think of Krishna, what does that mean? That means smaranam, remembering the name, form, qualities, pastimes of the Lord. So God has all, all these things we can think about. We can think about the beauty of the Lord. Uh, Prabhupada always says that the 
this description of Krishna is not an imagination from an artist or a poet, but this is a description given in the Vedas of the form of the Supreme Lord. So we meditate on, beginning at the lotus feet, we meditate on Venun Kanvantamara Vinda Dalaya Taksham. Venu, the Krishna's playing on his flute. He's enjoying with the cows. This is all Vrindavan Leela. And later on, he goes to Mathura, has Mathura Leela. Then he goes to Dwarka, Dwarka Leela. There, there he has a king, the king of Dwarka. He marries 16,108 wives. He has families and uh, and then there's Krishna's at Kurukshetra and uh, relationship with the, the Pandavas. So all of these Mahabharata you can read and become familiar with uh, all of these stories you can think about. So the name, the name, of course we understand the name is non-different from God. So Prabhupada came and taught us very simply in the beginning, just chant Hare Krishna. Chant Hare Krishna. You may not even know, you know, we didn't know about Krishna. We weren't brought up in Hindu families where we were, had the opportunity to hear about Krishna stories and go to the temple. We were brought up in other cultures. But even a latecomer can take up to Krishna consciousness by the mercy of the spiritual master, by coming in contact with a pure devotee of Krishna. And that's what it mentions right here in the first sentence of the translation. Uh, after many, many births, when the results of one's pious activities mature, one gets an opportunity to associate with pure devotees. So this is the culmination of piety. This is the culmination of all our good works and our karma kanda activities, activities for goodness, is that we somehow or other come in contact with devotees of Krishna. And that's what Prabhupada wanted all of us to do, is to assist him in spreading Krishna consciousness throughout the world. Because the world, there's billions of people in the world, and as Prabhupada would say in India to people, it is not one man's activity. It is not one man's effort. It, it, this should be taken up by many. He would always encourage various Indian people he would meet that had some interest that you please help me, you please uh, join this movement and learn the philosophy of Krishna consciousness and go out and help spread it. And uh, a few did, but uh, and now more are. Uh, gradually it is going on. But he also had great faith in his Western devotees. Uh, Ram Krishna Bajaj, famous industrialist in India, he met with Prabhupada, uh, once toward the uh, like 1976 and he asked Prabhupada so Dave, uh, how will this movement who will run the movement when you are no longer with us when you pass away what will happen with the movement and Prabhupada said that all of my students they will push on this movement uh, he was hoping he, he I think he was a uh, trying to say that there would be some Indian guru that Prabhupada would pull out from somewhere. <laughs> but Prabhupada said, no, all these Western boys and girls, they're all being trained to be Krishna conscious, to take up Krishna consciousness. And uh, Prabhupada had a great faith in his devotees. He offered sannyas to the 
his devotees, and he uh, sent them all out preaching throughout the world. So this is the the work of the devotee. After first, first one has to become a devotee, and then after one is a devotee, one also wants to give this message to others. So that is the uh, activity. Besides, not that we want to go into seclusion. This is not. Uh, the goal of our meditation, but our goal is to deliver other people to Krishna consciousness. This is what Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati did. He started the Gaudiya Math, opened up 64 temples in India, sent his students to England in the 30s, trying to spread uh, beyond India. And then Prabhupada took up that mission that he had been asked to do when he was young, when he first met Bhakti Siddhanta, Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati told him, you please try to spread this Krishna consciousness. Again, asking, please help, just like Prabhupada would ask people, please help me. His guru also asked him in the very first meeting, you please help me, help spread this Krishna consciousness. And he always, Prabhupada would say, I always kept that instruction in my mind. But at, the, at that immediate time in 1922, he was a young family man, young children, young business. I was not in a position to spread or become a preacher. But uh, later on, as uh, time um, developed, he started printing uh, the Back to Godhead magazine, writing that, and publishing the Bhagavatam in the 60s. Early 60s, he published the first three volumes in India. And then he came to America in late 1965, at the, uh, almost, almost at the age of 70. Uh, Prabhupada said, generally, and as we are also attaining that same age now, personally, I'm 68, so Prabhupada said, generally, when one attains old age, one does not go out. I can see that because, uh, you know, you're at home, you're comfortable, you have your house, you have your facilities. Who wants to try? Prabhupada came to America with no money and uh, and not knowing uh, really. Uh, he had a letter from the Agarwals, a, a sponsorship for the Agarwals, and he had a letter of introduction to that uh, Dr. Mishra's yoga ashram in New York. And that's all he had. He had no, no money in his pocket and didn't know, uh, didn't know what would happen. But uh, Krishna had other plans. So I heard Prabhupada speaking the other day in a lecture. He said, any opulence, or any, uh, any opulence that a devotee achieves, it is not by his karma, but it is by Krishna's mercy. Prabhupada's success was not because he had good karma. Prabhupada's success was he received the blessings directly from Lord Krishna, that Krishna was helping him in this to spread Krishna consciousness. So when one becomes materially successful, you can say, yes, that is his good karma. But when one becomes spiritually successful as a preacher of Krishna consciousness, that is directly Krishna helping, helping him spread Krishna consciousness. So I think we'll, um, I could go on on the subject for a long time, but uh, we better take some questions because questions take time too. So thank you very much, Hare Krishna.
Hare Krishna Prabhuji, Dandot Pranav, wonderful, wonderful session Prabhuji. You nicely touched down the, all the fundamentals of our spirituality, soul, and uh, Vaikuntha, Swargaloka, and the Golok. Wonderfully said Prabhu. Uh, I don't have any question, but uh, uh, devotees, please give me a question. I have a question. Yes, Mataji, go ahead. Um, have you heard um, that the word God is actually an abbreviation, that it's, it, the tr- it's truly spelled G period, O period, D period, and it means something like uh, government ordained divine. Have you heard about that? haven't heard that, but that's not what the dictionary doesn't describe. Yeah, I know. That. I know our dictionaries don't, but I found it in a book in England. I found it in a rare book in an old um, aristocrat's private library in England. Hmm. I I used to travel I'm, with a veteran. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And, and what? And re, repeat again what, what, what he said that the G.O.D. means? Government ordained divine. <laughs> ordained. Well, of course. Government ordained divine. Yeah, government ordained divine. And 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 what is what is his government? So the the term government. So. Uh, I mean, that it's a it's a governing mean? system that the that we're we're actually living in a spiritual governing system. You know, the way Krishna consciousness says that um, Muslim, um, Christian, uh, Krishna, they're all basically the same thing. You Mm -hmm. know, I say, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I think they are. The more I I read, the more I I explore these different religions and even Buddhism, they... Mm -hmm. They all have basic things in common. They're, they have a few things different, but they're all basically the same thing, I think. Yes, and and, and the, the, the Vedic uh, literature and, and our guru, Prabhupada, he never uh, downplayed uh, or criticized any other religion. If anything, he said they're also, he said about Christianity, he said they're also devotees. They not mm-hmm. they they may not understand fully the details and 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 in Islam he said uh, uh, he said I was going past the mosque once and I saw the young young boys learning the prayers and they were praying uh, memorizing prayers he said this is good this is praying praying is part of our mm-hmm. process mm-hmm. so we have yeah. nine in the Bhagavatam it describes nine ways of devotional service. Uh, hearing, chanting, remembering, serving, serving the lotus feet, surrendering everything to the Lord. So this vandanam or prayers is a, one of the processes of devotional service. So they may not understand the full details. And Prabhupada would say like that. He said it's just like uh, you can have a pocket dictionary and you can have the full uh, expanded dictionary. Both are dictionaries, but one is limited and one is more expanded. Mm-hmm. So that, that's how Prabhupada presented the concept of the Vedas. Just like I was talking about these other religions don't talk about other planets. They don't talk about uh, demigods. They don't talk about uh, hell. Well, they do talk about hell, but nobody really knows where that is either. 
somewhere down below. <laughs> but the Vedas describe that there's a hellish planets that are very hellish to live on. And yeah. uh, you go there yeah. for sinful activities. And there are planets that are very nice to live on where everybody's enjoying and uh, there's no problems. Yeah. yeah. But, you know. So it's, yeah, it's uh, very interesting. But uh, uh, God is, uh, I, I, you know, the prophet would sometimes when he would have discussions, he would say, oh, what does the dictionary say of the God? God? And it says that, this, uh, you know, he would describe from the dictionary the supreme uh, person or the supreme being uh, is generally the mm-hmm. Oxford Dictionary description of, of a It's kind of confusing. It's kind of confusing at first, but I, I really want to get to the point where I just really understand, you know, where I just mm-hmm. really feel like I understand life. Well, it, it's a deep subject, and it requires uh, um, you know, transcendental intelligence. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I mean, obviously, you're 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 uh, not born. You're not born as a Hindu. You're a Western person from your. Mm-hmm. I assume so from your yes. accent. Yeah. Same as me. I'm not uh, born. I'm born here in. Uh, I'm born in New York. To um, you know. My mother was from Queens, and my father was from Brooklyn. So that's mm-hmm. my lineage. <laughs> I was born in Kentucky, Indiana, that area. Uh-huh. I've, I've uh-huh. lived in California since the early 1970s. But uh-huh. I, I worked growing up as a kid. I was put to work at about the age of five years old. And my first job was I got to travel and work with a, a veteran, a VFW, better in a foreign war and we did photography and ran errands and did uh ran mm-hmm. messages all around the world and did odd jobs he 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 was mm-hmm. my first mentor he was my first teacher and um mm-hmm. i really grew to love him i i miss him mm-hmm. but i i had to get out of a home that was very violent i was born in an institution though in um in the midwest but my mother, mm-hmm. I was able to find my real mother. My mother was is was is Hindu. I mean, is um, Indian. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So it's kind of so like coming you home. Were, you were brought up in an orphanage. No, I was born in an institution, but I was placed in a in a home. I was adopted into an American home, and the home okay. was very the home was very violent. So I had to get out and work. Uh-huh, get out early. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. So my mother is is mm-hmm. from India. I, I did get to meet her. I used to know her name. I don't know her name anymore. But um, mm. she came, her and her husband came over to India. I mean, her and her husband came over to America to work. And she got raped, I think is the story. And I was mm. uh, either a miscarriage, an abortion, or a... Um, a birth that was discarded, you know, that was abandoned in an old Catholic mm. institution. Yeah. A, um, an the old Catholics Catholic were, institution. They, yeah, they they would take in the, uh, you know, unwanted children and... Uh, yeah. And uh, they, they ran orphanages and things like that. And yeah. Different things. But that's why it says here that, you know, we, we somehow or other come in contact with a devotee and then we can learn about these things. So, 
you're you're on the path. So very good. Where do you live now? California, Berkeley, California. You're still there. Okay. Yeah, I'm in so, a good situation basically. I'm on disability mm-hmm. though. Mhm. Mhm. Well, that's good. The government the government pays for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's at the rock bottom level, but it you know I'm surviving. Yeah, they don't pay, they don't pay you much. No, no, they don't. Right. So far, so, so good. Yeah, I'm I'm really glad to be to have found the Krishna. I'm I'm thankful that my neighbor gave, started giving me some books, and I was uh, um, I was checking out um, um, a society in Boston centered in Boston called the Vendenta Society, and I was reading mm-hmm. their books and writing to them. Um, they say there's no conflict uh, between Vendenta and Krishna, that a person can chant the Hare Krishna chant and still belong to Vendenta. You know, um, mm-hmm. it's, it's all basically... Well, we, yeah, I mean, chanting, uh, anyone, you know, you can add the chanting to your life no matter what you're doing. Uh, that is... a. You know, when Prabhupada first started this movement in '66, uh, he just wanted the the young American boys and girls to come to the kirtan and come and chant. He uh, did not even introduce uh, you know any regulations in the very beginning because he said just the chanting will help us purify us and then we can make further progress as we advance. Well, I started chanting mostly for health health reasons. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. But the more I get into it and start reading the books, the more interested I am in the Krishna movement itself. So, so your neighbor is gave you some books. So he's a, they're a, they're members of the of the movement. I don't know how how uh, active they are. Mm-hmm. Well, they had they had some books. <laughs> yeah, and they, they, and they, they want gave to me share some books. With, mm-hmm. So that's. And uh, do you have any temple in your area? Yeah, there's Physical a temple, temple here in Berkeley, but it's not easy for oh, me to perfect. get there because I'm kind of disabled now, and I'm right. 70, oh. 71 years old. Uh-huh, right. So, but uh, I do have I an electric you... scooter. Mm-hmm. Huh? I was just going to say, if you call them, they, they'd probably come out and visit you. Oh, They'd, they'd happily, we do that, you know, if people want to, you know, have, uh, would like the devotees to visit them, they'd come by and spend an evening and teach you some basic things and give you, give you some more books if you like. Well, that's good. I've got, I sent for the book, for the beads. Mm-hmm. So I'm using, okay, the be- I'm using beads. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay, I'll give them a call. I'll give them yeah, a they call. Would, they- Explain, uh, explain a lot of details and any questions you would have. Sure. That's, okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah, because right, I, well, I know you have to study with a guru. You pretty much have well, to study with a guru. Yeah. Uh, of course, the you know our founder, Prabhupada, wrote all these books, uh, and that's basically anybody who gets these books gets to study with Prabhupada. Uh, even though he's physically not in this world anymore, but that, that's why he said, uh, like my my uh, mission is to write write these books uh, so that this information is passed on. Yeah, yeah, and I'm experiencing so. that. Mhm, mhm. 
Well, very good. Um, and, and somehow or other you found out about our classes here and uh, this uh, group here. Yeah, I sent for some literature and the beads, and they sent me a magazine, The Godhead. It was in The Godhead uh-huh. magazine. Yeah, so I'll call yeah. the I'll call the local temple. I'll call the Berkeley Temple yeah. and see if they'll come visit me, and kind of get yeah. me on the right track, you know, because I right. I want to be chanting, right. doing the chanting in the right way. Right, right. Uh, that's what they're uh, they're there for to uh, you know explain anything you want to know. Okay. Okay. Good. Good. Yeah, this is really a godsend. It's really a godsend. I, you know, I've been searching for over 20 years, going to different churches around the Bay Area, looking for a church I wanted to belong to, and I couldn't quite mm-hmm. find what I was looking for until now. Well, that's the way I was. I started very young. <laughs> I was still uh-huh. in high school when I was, you know, I was, you know, like I said, my parents would take me to church every week. Uh-huh. And, uh, and then when I got to be, you know, like 17, I you know, started asking a lot more, you know, I started asking the questions, what's, you know, there must be more more information. And uh, yeah. then I, I met the devotees and uh, got some of the literature and, uh, and I've been doing this for 50 years. Oh, that's really good of you. Well, thank you for your uh, for uh, you know being able to share uh, share a little bit with you. Okay, and maybe I'll try to call in. Uh, let's see, today's Tuesday. Maybe I'll try to call in again tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I, I I want to show up for the chanting. Say that again. You wanted to. I wanted to call in for the chanting. That was. Oh, that was oh, my... on this group with this group. Yeah, in the morning. Get yeah. Chant uh, on the beads together. Yes. Yeah. And then they have this class for an hour. So, all right. Okay. Well, thank you. What's your name? Okay. Wilma. Wilma. Okay. Well, my name's Anutama, and uh, of course, I'm over here in Maryland. If I was in California, I, you know, we'd probably try to get together, but uh, <laughs> we're over here. But there are there are plenty of devotees in Berkeley area. I, I've okay. been to Berkeley. Uh, okay. Before. So uh, okay. yeah, just give them a ring. Okay. All right, okay, well, wonderful. Nice. Okay, thank you so much. Hare Krishna. Right. Hare Krishna. Yes. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna, Prabhuji. Thank you so much, wonderful yeah. class. And actually, I wanted to mention to Velma Mataji, my, one of my aunts stays in San Francisco, and she lately visited mm-hmm. the temple, and they had this, uh, I think it was Govardhan Puja, and they had such a wonderful prasadam. Their son-in-law is from, uh, you know, like uh, from the western side here, from Seattle. And uh, my aunt is from an Indian background, so they all went there. And uh, it was such a, she was amazed uh, to see uh, the wonderful celebration and the prashadam was so good. She kept on telling me, you know, so so if Mataji can call them and they can also send some prasadam for her, uh, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I yeah, there's several groups in, in the San Francisco area. Yeah, she can contact. Well, at least she she has the Back to Godhead magazine. Yes, and the main thing is to have the Bhagavad Gita. You know, uh, that is a, like a starter book I would think of. And uh, of course, Shrimad Bhagavatam also we are doing here, and there are a lot of series of that. But uh, it's wonderful to continuously read Bhagavad Gita along with chanting. Am I right, Prabhuji?
Okay, I think we lost Prabhuji again. Can anyone hear Prabhuji? Haribo? Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna Prabhuji. Are we, we there? Lost... <laughs> yeah. I yeah, was just... It, it just drops out it, for some reason. Keep reading Bhagavad Gita and chanting. That's also very, very powerful, very important, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So that is, yeah. Bhagavad Gita is directly God's words. And Prabhupada said that Krishna consciousness means the Bhagavad Gita. This is, you know, this, everything, everything he says you know, comes yeah. from there. Right now, I was mm-hmm. hearing Velma Mataji and her background and information. Uh, and uh, I think Mataji is not on the call right now, but that's, maybe she joins back. So I was thinking that even if, you know, uh, we are belonging to the Indian body, say to say our parents are Indian, but what happens is I feel that if they were not into Krishna consciousness or they were leading the so-called very modern life, I don't call it Western life because, you know, in Western so many people are like so religious and so nice. But like, you know, modern yeah. life, if, uh, you know. Modern, yeah, in India too, it's becoming the modern, it's not, yeah. I mean, in Western life, is uh, there's a lot of piety. Prabhupada said that when he first came here, he, he was impressed that there were so many churches, that there are churches everywhere. When he yes, first went he, to Pennsylvania. You know, sometimes so, you see like, a, you know, like Westerners, so it's like a, you know, like you say, Mayavadi. Or Western, we put this label. But I've, I've also known so many people from the West here, this side. You know, they lead a very, very uh, nice life. They're vegan and, you know, like very, very courteous and all they're not, that. Like. They're not sinful. Yeah, they're pious. They, they, they're, many people are, you know, they go to church and attend churches are popular or they, or they're Jewish or they go to their, their they follow their Jewish religions. and uh, Yeah. So you said Prabhupada appreciated yeah, the pra- so things here. That's nice. That's nice. So yeah. the one thing that Prabhupada always talked about when he when he met Christian priests and Christian, mostly Christian leaders, he would always say in, in the Bible, it says uh, the Ten Commandments, one of them is thou shalt not kill. He says, so uh, you should not be killing the animals. Prabhupada would uh, always encourage them to try to, uh, of course, they, they don't, it is not part of their re- religious practice to be vegetarian. Christians are not the Catholics are the Pope is not a vegetarian the the leaders of all the churches are not vegetarians but Prabhupada would always encourage them quoting this verse of course they they interpret it in their own way they say thou shalt not kill means just people and not animals because their their whole philosophy is that animals have no soul Hmm. and the animals are put in this world uh, as food for the humans and that's how they see it. Uh, but uh, uh, followers of Vedas, we understand a lot more. The uh, animals do have soul. All things have soul. The grass has soul. Uh, the the bird has soul. Everything everything living has soul. And uh, to advance in spiritual life, we should be uh, vegetarian diet. Krishna in the Bhagavad Gita, he says. Uh, Patram pushpam palam toyo yome bhakta prayachati. Just offer me flutes, flowers, water. If Krishna, if Krishna and, and if Krishna had asked and sacrificed animals for me, 
then we, we do whatever Krishna wants is because we're his devotees, but he doesn't ask for that. Krishna loves the cows. He's in Vrindavan herding the cows. That's, a, that's what God does for fun. You know, we, talk, we were talking about what does God do? So in Krishna consciousness, we understand what God does. Other religions, they have no idea what God is up to. They, they, you know, they have the painting of the old, you know, and they, yes, so uh, Michelangelo, old man. I'm really amazed about one thing that, you know, you, uh, the, uh, this really intrigues my mind. Like I'm from, from, from an Indian background, but I just wanted to say one thing, like if our parents are not Krishna conscious, which my parents were not, uh, and they were leading a, like a life which is, uh, you know, not following all the regulations also, like eating non-veg everything and worshipping devtas, you know, how typical Hindu family is, which is not uh, mm-hmm. Krishna conscious. So, uh, you know, uh, it yeah. is really, uh, uh, I would say that, you know, still we were, there's no big deal about it. Because, you know, unless you're Krishna conscious or somebody's Krishna conscious of family, even if you're born from an Indian background, you know, the whole thing comes out to be like useless. You know, I feel like that. And also one question comes to me is well, it, how... It's, 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 go ahead. How... I was going to so say... Uh, this thought is there, not exactly question. And the other thing is how it is so, it is so amazing. When I see like magic shows and others, you know, that doesn't impress me. But the fact that, you know, there are so many people from the Western community especially when we go to Alachua community and many other places, you know, mm-hmm. which are run like mm-hmm. the Prabhupada's disciples from all over the world, not from India only, and how they have adopted this, uh, you know, especially Mataji's also, like, you know, from the Westerns, they wear sarees. I mean, I, I don't do that very often, you know, cover the head and, you know, they always, uh, you know, they've taken up mm-hmm. wholeheartedly this process and how they were able to do it with their background being Western. That intrigues my mind, mm-hmm. like, the Prabhupada was so great to have, you know, given this and reached literally the hearts of the people where, you know, uh, of course, Krishna resides there, um, you know, at the heart, but, you know, it touched their heart and they picked it up. So, sorry, mm-hmm. Prabhupada, go ahead. Uh, I was talking about yeah. like... Well, I was going to say, yeah. Prabhupada presented to us unadulterated, pure devotional service. He didn't, like other gurus came and other swamis came to the West and hmm. they were, you know, more doing business. They were selling the mantra. There's this Maharishi and he had this transcendental meditation organization and uh, his whole, he would sell the mantra and he never told, no rules, no regulations, uh, eat meat, drink, uh, you know, whatever you want, just, you know, meditate a little bit and uh, you pay for the mantra. It was a business. So many people would say, if you want to be cheated, there are so many cheaters. But I am coming to give you uh, direct, unadulterated, pure devotion to God. So when we, I, I know I had that experience when I first was coming to the devotees, that, you know, there's like no, uh, there's no, uh, it's all or nothing. You know, it's like surrender to Krishna, Sarvadharmam Brijaja. Hinduism, like you talked about, you know, you know, Indian families, average Indian family worship devatas, and maybe they're non-veg, and you know, that's pi- that's pious to worship the devatas. But it's like being a Christian. Many Christians are just, uh, or Muslims, 
or any religion. They're just, they believe in God. They believe in the faith. They'll go, they'll go to uh, Christmas. They'll go to church now and then. Uh, and, uh, but, uh, and that's how my parents were, but they didn't understand that they have to uh, ultimately give up all these material desires and just desire to realize, to go back to Godhead. Like that's not, that's not the goal of the average Hindu is not to go back to Godhead. The, the average Hindu is, you know, let me get a better job, better, you know, pray to God. And everyone in all religions do it, does this. God help me get more money. Help me get nice family. Uh, let me get nice wife, nice husband. If you're young and not married and uh, you know, and if you're married and you have children, let my children be healthy. Number one prayer, healthy children, you know, but we're not praying. Let let me and my family, you know, become your pure devotee and free from, you know, material desires and only want to love you. That that is uh, beyond most people's realization. But that's what Prabhupada taught us, and that's why our our devotees, who are you know, like you meet in the Latra, Western boys and girls, or even like myself. Uh, we take it all very seriously because we understood that this is, it's not something uh, as just a, a, a religion or a pious life, but it is, it is a, we're almost being trained to be like sannyasis, <laughs> even though we're married people, uh, we're living a life of dedication. So, and even though we have jobs and houses and uh, families, but, uh, you know, we, uh, dedicate our, our time just chanting chanting japa is like a is a big sacrifice the average hindu is not doing that he's not uh, maybe he does some prayers and he worship he does some puja at the temple like he said either to krishna or to demigods but to chant the maha mantra on beads that is a that is a big sacrifice you have to have some love for krishna to do that so that's you know that was the benefit of our guru that he he taught his students pure devotion and not uh, adulterated or uh, watered down uh, process. And oh yes, Prabhuji, thank you so much for this answer. And you know, like the, today morning, my realization came through Velma Mataji who joined us. And before you joined, we were also having a conversation and saying Hari Bol to her because she joined first time because some neighbor gave books to her. And she uh, kind of, uh, you know, and gave the, in a contact of the, uh, of the conference call. And I was not able to recollect the name of the neighbor because we, knew, we know some people from California, but I was not able to recollect uh, how the, uh, this conference call reached and the books reached. And, they, uh, and the thing is, she was showing interest, um, you know, which I, when I was hearing her, I was thinking, oh, I don't have so much interest in finding out when the conference call starts. But she's like inquiring, and I was like uh, giving a time which is five. But then Nitya Prabhu said, "No, no, sometimes mm-hmm, yeah. So I mean, uh, she's getting attracted to this moment through the chanting of the holy name. Mm-hmm. That's why, like Krishna is non-different. So Krishna is right. attracting her. That come chant my name because I am me and holy name no difference. So it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. Seventy-one and all she's gone through, and now the holy name has come to her at an age, at such an age. Mm-hmm. And it can do to anyone, mm-hmm. anytime, and it is so precious and uh, very, very, I, I really uh, love to hear from new people because, you know, it, uh, like how we take things for granted, you know, like the me- members of the family, oh, this person does this, eats this, 
but then when we meet new people how they just even now at this age they are like enthusiastic about chanting at the age of 71 and uh, they want to mm-hmm. you know they're not able to go to the temple like she said and so it was so nice to have her on the call and you know it 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 really uh, that's why preaching is so important and especially when new people yes, you know preaching is so important that is and the point and what they attracted about we, we, we for- Yes, mm-hmm. we we forget we forget sometimes uh, mm-hmm. that th- that's what the verse talked about. One comes in contact with the devotee after his mature after he matures his his pious his good karma punya mm-hmm. karmana. He comes in contact with the devotee, and and there are people we we sometimes forget that the world is full of suffering people, and people are are not happy. And people uh, are looking, just like uh, she said, I, I looked for years and years and years. I, I tried churches and groups, and I, I have you know, but then when I'm reading, uh, you know, Prabhupada's books and Krishna consciousness, uh, you know, she's finding deeper, deeper, you know, realization. And that's why Prabhupada encouraged us to, as his direct disciples, to uh, distribute his books to people, and wherever you meet, and this is this is the instruction also of Lord Chaitanya, where whoever you meet, wherever you go, you tell them something about Krishna as much as you can. So even in our secular life, uh, you know, work, we go to work, we have jobs, we're around people, whatever kind of job we have, we gradually can give them, like my wife was school teacher for 20 years, public school teacher, uh, elementary school you know, she couldn't directly be, you know, a fanatic preacher. She'd get fired. But her, the other teachers would see she's vegetarian. She's not, we're going out uh, to happy hour. She's not drinking. She doesn't drink. She uh, doesn't eat uh, animals. And, uh, they, you know, she she goes to the temple. They know she's a religious person. And, uh, you know, if they have any interest, they could ask uh, and go a little deeper, you know, tell me, uh, you know, I'm searching for some answers. Not everyone searches. Unfortunately, people are covered by Maya, but occasionally people do search. And when they search, uh, Krishna sends them. That is uh, actually the secret. Krishna sends them to the, sp- to the devotee. Somehow or other, they meet devotees. It's like, how did, how did I meet devotees? How did anyone meet devotees? So Krishna sends, uh, makes that arrangement. He's guiding the wanderings of all living beings, it says. So, and uh, so we just have to be uh, prepared to, uh, as devotees, to give it to others when they when, when someone inquires. So. Yes, Prabhuji, thank you so much. And the, you know, in the tra- in the translation uh, of the verse we read today, um, I was almost thinking that you know when the time will come right. That is the time when, you know, uh, Krishna will send, like you said just now, uh, Krishna will send someone and uh, then we have to quickly grab the path uh, because there are so many people in the family we are preaching to and we are saying take it up. But no, they are not taking it up because they have some uh, leftover, Prabhuji, what do I say? Hmm. Leftover thing that, you know, still uh, like our influence doesn't come on them. They take it up, read books, do chanting. So I think when time will come, they will mm-hmm. take it up. Maybe the next life also, not this life, right? Right. Maybe maybe next life. Maybe, maybe at least they get maybe some prasadam. You know, it is a gradual mm-hmm. process. 
Bahunam Janmanamate, after many, many births, one takes to Krishna consciousness. So it's, you know, we should not be surprised that people are not taking. We should be surprised that people are taking. <laughs> Most people will not take because it's not a, you know, it's, it's, it's for the person. When one becomes materially frustrated, it describes Kunti Devi's prayers in Bhagavatam. She describes that Akinchana Gotra, that one who is materially exhausted, he can turn to Krishna. So a lot of people are not materially exhausted. Even though they suffer and are getting kicked by Maya, they're not ready to give it up yet and try something uh, transcendental. This statement reminds me of they what... They keep trying to enjoy it. really small to say, because you are Shri Prabhupada's disciple. But, uh, you know, this statement immediately reminds me of one incident where one time uh, a lot of people they take, uh, took initiation from Srila Prabhupada and they were actually leaving the movement, you know. So uh, then one person came, mm-hmm. one of his sevaks came to Srila Prabhupada and said, Prabhupada, you just give initiation to them when they're leaving. So Prabhupada said, don't bother with the people who are leaving. Bother with the people who are staying, you know. So he said, yeah. Positive. Yeah, he said, he said, he said, his exact words were, don't be surprised who leaves, be surprised who stays. Yeah, that yeah. it's not yeah. don't bother. He said, be, don't be, be surprised who is, who is sticking, uh, sticking with the process because that's more rare. It's, it's easy to, you know, many people come and, you know, Prabhupada initiated 5,000 disciples. Of course, obviously some have passed away by now. But a lot of them are not active, you know, even living in the temples in the 70s when I was there, you know, people would come and people would, you know, then they would try it for a month or two or six months and then then they would, you know, move out um, because, you know, they're not, for whatever, it's not easy. It's not easy to be a. Not easy to be. It's pure devotional service. Probably, you know, chanting, waking up early, attending the puja, worshiping the deity, eating only prasadam. When I was in the temple in New York in the seventies, I never once bought anything from the grocery store. I only ate what the temple served. I never went and bought snacks or cookies or soda or anything. Because we were trained, we don't eat. Uh, we we only eat pr- food from the temple. We don't eat outside food. We don't eat grains cooked by non-devotees. We wouldn't go buy a bagel or uh, anything, you know. So it's very strict life. You know, live for the people in the temple, full-time devotees. First, living outside, you know, people, family, people. It's you know, obviously they're strict vegetarians at least. And they and they offer their food at home, and that's important. So that's what we teach them. That uh, as a brahmachari or 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 a woman in the temple, uh, that was that was another compromise that Prabhupada made when he first came to America. He said, "I, I you know, he was he had no he'd never been out of the India, and he and he was you know from that older generation." He saw that the Western men and women freely associate, and this in India doesn't didn't or it is nowadays maybe in the cities of course, but uh, not so common in the older days. So he, he compromised and he said, well, "Yes, we will let uh, women. Women want to also be devotees in India. There's no uh, you know women and brahmachari. Brahma, there's no such thing as a brahmacharini, <laughs> but uh, Prabhupada." Uh, develop that system because in the West uh, that's the way we're brought up and that's the way we live. 
that the uh, freely, uh, you know, of course, there's obviously we're not mixing, uh, but uh, they're given opportunity, equal opportunity to be devotees and live in the temple and practice uh, as the men practice like that. That was one thing Prabhupada introduced to uh, for the West. Thank you. So any other Every who comes uh, can make uh, changes a little bit according to the time, place, circumstances, right? Like Prabhupada mm-hmm. gave right. to do, and then many things are different. Like even even in India, I recently went there, I didn't see on the altar, Matajis are not there, Matajis are not cooking. Uh, you know, only men are doing there. But here, of course, Matajis are on the altar and, you know, uh, so it's kind of different. Yeah, because that's more, uh, it's the culture in India that the uh, women don't, uh, don't do the Pajari work. Yeah, I think it's always, it's only men, yeah. Because that's uh, the way it is. And in the West, it's not the way it is, so... <laughs> Prabhupada uh, allowed that they were, women were always doing the worship if, uh, if Krishna consciousness started in the western country uh, where you know Matajis were allowed so it spread from here to there so there they did not adopt it the way Prabhupada gave here it's because of the culture so it started in the west yes. and then so, say, say, so why don't we have that standard in India? Is that the question? Yeah, because it started here. Everything started here. And from here it spread to the whole world. So why that standard mm-hmm. was where Mataji were allowed were not allowed there also? I was just, that question came to me. Um, because that's their standard in India. So okay. I I don't know exact you know exactly what the you know the management uh, discussed uh, and I wasn't part of that but uh, that's just the way it it's accepted there. Yes, yes. Um, there are less. So less I, I you know I can't I wasn't part of that decision. That's why I don't know. <laughs> sorry, sorry to put you across this question, but there are less services for Mataji's in India, and it is more favorable for us here in the Western country. More services. Right? Yes, yeah, true. Yeah. In India, all you can do is make a garland. <laughs> That's what I saw. They were doing the Chandan, Chandan Yatra time. Uh, you know, like in the month of May, they were doing the Chandan, uh, you know, ladies in the corner. Or I saw them making garlands. That's what about it. You know, uh-huh. like, and distributing books, of course. So, yeah, thank you so much, Prabhupada. Yeah, they, 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 do, they do preach, and Prabhupada, and that, was, that is unique in itself that they are. They they have book you know in Bombay they set up book tables at the train stations and and, and the ladies uh, attend the, the tables too and and talk to people and you know this is uh, you know a very conservative Indian concept would be that the women should not talk to the men but uh, but a, a woman preacher can be there and and she can meet anyone at the train station and talk about Krishna consciousness to them. And, yes. and of course, in the West, the ladies are distributing books and uh, collecting funds, and uh, even more so maybe than the men. Yes, probably. Uh, but, you know, as far as like the the, the, co- the cooking and the I, I guess the women don't the women don't I don't know the women don't cook in the temples. Actually, uh, even in India, also very less. Uh, Mataji is distributing books. Mostly them, uh, Prabhuji's only. 
even in india mm-hmm. i noticed that so they are like uh, basically you know and uh, strictly they don't allow men and women to you know even dance with each other like here you know we are in the same room there's a big mm-hmm. portion in the middle you know walkway you can say and the men are this side so one mataji just happened to join this in the delhi temple uh, radha pasasi temple join her husband only mm-hmm. but the you know the, the, oh, the, 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 the security came security came and told her please <laughs> yeah and told her to go to well other and, and <laughs> it was yeah, so, i mean we should have strict uh, yeah with her husband but yeah uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. in one, the like, temple during the rt I mean even in the even in the even in the in the west here I mean there's a, you know there's a there's a men's side a woman's side and and the, the yeah. women they they dance in circles and things with the women and the men dance with the men and yeah yeah I mean Prabhupada did say and I don't know if it ever got in uh, I did hear him talking about it about you know the actual deity worship he said we should have a system where the man and the woman uh, in the west at least addressing the murti uh should not uh, the woman should not be uh, uh working on the altar if there's also a man working on the altar um and of course like you said in india they don't the women don't dress the deity it's only the men dress the, the deity in the temple but he wanted he wanted as much uh, you know to be careful as much as possible he didn't want to liberalize it but it, because the west is already liberal there was some compromise but you know he did say that uh, for addressing the murti that uh, the uh, the women and the men should not be on the altar together so he you know he would have liked to have it more conservative more conservative is better in, in terms of that our krishna conscious started here so when we go to india no so we find it little different because you know we are used to what prabhupad gave here so that's why you know best mm. is to go to the dham to vrindavan other places and just visit that and come back uh, you know rather than just uh, you know keep thinking about why it's different and what it what is difference so well what is there is there but you know we are really happy that this is the only thing i'm thankful mm-hmm. to uh, in usa you know that uh, Uh, to USA, uh, United States of America, that you know, my Krishna consciousness came here, and we really feel that you know, like before we didn't come into Krishna consciousness, the life was so much uh, like you know wasted, you know, literally, as if you know this is a gift given to us somehow because of a good, uh, you know, maybe because of our parents' blessings or some thing good we did or you know something in the previous life that uh, mm-hmm. if not there in life, it will be very hard to live. now at least we know when we get some stress sure. or anything we can take up beats or we can read books from prabhupad you know and we feel relieved immediately mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah of course in, of course in india the women they chant on their beads and read books too <laughs> yes, yes yes i mean i i lived in bombay for a year myself back in uh, 79 80 a long time ago at the Juhu, Juhu temple and and I and I visit India uh, but I, I'm not up on all their details of, of their how they run things yes you know in in India uh, the women generally do not join you know like in the west uh, uh, you know a, 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 women are not free in India as much of course modern times but in in america you know 
there's a whole group of, uh, you know, the woman has left this home. Uh, it's the family unit is is uh, broken in, in often in the West, and there are people just. I mean, they have this hippie generation, and people and, and a lot of people uh, were dropouts from college, and they were lost, and they came to Krishna consciousness and. Uh, became devotees and uh, took shelter of the temple and became good, you know, practiced Krishna consciousness. India, it's not like that. Uh, the, the, you know, the, the tradition is that the woman is always protected uh, with the family and then she gets married and then she's with the husband. And uh, even the, the tr you know, of course, traditionally the woman would not really sp speak with men or socialize with men. That's, that's the, traditional conservative Vedic system. But in America, you know, it's, it's, it's a whole other world. Uh, and uh, people, I mean, single mothers became devotees. They had no husband. They had a child. They, they had, uh, they, maybe they didn't have a proper job. And they, they, uh, they came to Krishna consciousness in distress, but then they became, you know, and, and took it. So, uh, you know, the, opportunities in America for the, uh, you know, some people were college professors, you know, there's all kinds of people became devotees, not that everyone was a, a destitute person. I mean, I became a devotee. I, I was still living at home with my parents and going to school. Some people were in college and they, they, they just frustrated. They dropped, they stopped the college and became devotees. Some people finished college, uh, already had some career going, and then they they still became devotees. Some people were already married and became devotees as married people. So there's no one set of group, uh, you know, that came all, all people came from all different backgrounds. And uh, of course, nowadays in the in the in the modern time, uh, a lot of devotees come from the Indian community. We have a lot of outreach with the Indian community and. They're all success, generally, you know, business people and uh, educated people, and uh, they take it up, and they don't move in the temple, but they pr practice at home, and and that's fine, and that's what, uh, you know, we don't expect everyone to come become a brahmachari or or live in the temple, but uh, just follow it, follow it at home. So, Prabhuji, when husband and wife both are devotees, then it's a congenial environment, you know. Uh, whether it's a Western mm -hmm. uh, community, but sometimes when both are not devotees, then you know, one person has to kind of go along and the other person is not following, but still we have to keep on going, you know, I mean, what to do? It's almost like a you know, life where you can't say it's a grasta life, but you just, it's a little bit of struggle, right? So, so you're, you're kind of talking about like an Indian married couple and one becomes pushed to conscious and the other's not. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So they're they're married and they're not, you know. And of course, divorce is not something uh, uh, yeah. popular. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> situation. We don't. We don't. We don't. You know. We don't want that. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that that even happened in like Prabhupada's sister, Prabhupada's yeah. sister, and uh, a little younger than him. And uh, she was married, you know, got married young, and uh, her husband was not a devotee. And, uh, and but she was always a devotee. And, and late, when Prabhupada came back to uh, India, she would always come and be with, she lived in Calcutta, 
And she would come to Mayapur and, and be with Prabhupada and the devotee ladies love to be with her because she's Prabhupada's sister. You know, the, the devotee ladies couldn't be with Prabhupada so much because they're women, but, but yes. the sister they can be with, <laughs> you know, they can help yeah. her and serve her and cook for her, and, you know, all that stuff. So she was an example of, you know, she married a, a basically a, a not, he never became Krishna conscious and she always was. Uh, uh, and they even asked that to Prabhupada once. They said uh, in Hyderabad, they asked Prabhupada. Said some of these some of these young ladies want to get initiated. You know, the unmarried young ladies who are living with their parents, they want to get initiated. But we don't know. Uh, you know, who are they going to marry? What's going to happen in the future if they're going to marry de- devotional people or non-devotional people? And Prabhupada said that is not so important. What is they? Everyone is responsible for their own Krishna consciousness. So if they want to take initiation, uh, you know they're young, maybe, maybe sixteen, seventeen, something like that, and not married, uh, let them take initiation, and in the future, that's you know Krishna will help the situation. So sometimes we get stuck with a husband or a, you know uh, or a wife that's not Krishna conscious. You know, we're we're married. You know, like. A lot of Indian families, they're married, they have children, but then they, you know, then they become interested later in life, uh, you know, when they're in their 30s or 40s and serious in Krishna consciousness here in the West or in India too. And uh, the husband's, uh, maybe he's not even vegetarian, you know, something, these things happen sometimes. And, uh, or maybe he's drinking alcohol, these things happen sometimes. Uh, but the wife can, just has to practice at home. Uh, as best she can and come to the temple it's 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 not it's not ideal but uh, what do you do you know you yes, make the like best use of a bad the bargain wife, uh, the wife has to think that she's basically it's her own karma only right because like uh, in the sense that uh, somehow her krishna conscious is not so powerful enough to make her spouse uh, and anyway whoever becomes krishna conscious is the hand of krishna only so she can just practice alone like mm-hmm. Prabhupada said fly her own plane so she can practice yes, and keep that, you know, thing running in the house. Yeah, I mean, she has to, you know, uh, she has to clean and cook and do the wifely duties and uh, mm-hmm. the way it is. Uh, otherwise, the, the man won't be very happy with her. <laughs> yeah, it's almost but, like a uh, family life, you know, because then what happens is that although she's in the family, she's not in a grasta family. Like you said, if the husband is not following the regulatory principles, then it is like she's doing on her own, just like, you know, a single brahmachari would practice in a temple on his own, you know. So that situation also mm-hmm. is there. But we just continue whatever, you know, we are doing, uh, even if the spouse is not Krishna conscious. But I heard about Shri Prabhupada's sister. That he did. Yeah. Yeah, and she could go, I mean, if the husband will let her, sometimes husbands are very dominating and controlling, unfortunately. Yeah, the nature yeah. of a men sometimes you know maybe maybe the man won't even want her to go to the temple you know he doesn't mm-hmm. want to go and he's like I, I don't want you to go either you know it could be like that sometimes but uh, mm-hmm. uh i mean it depends uh, then she you know it's all to be worked home. out i mean so, she you know and practice at home only what to do you know yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that exactly one can chant and one can read and 
even if you you know you can uh, online there's uh, everything is on the computer all the Prabhupada's books uh, even if you don't have the books physically you can see it all on the computer and read read the uh, Bhagavad Gita and all these things uh, I mean I I you know this stories of many I mean I know many Indian in, I'm sure you know too in India the the wife is a vegetarian but the husband's not but the wife will say no not in the house <laughs> Yeah, I'm not cooking it, and I'm not having it in the house. Mm-hmm. If you want to eat meat, you go to the hotel. <laughs> That's your business, but uh, I'm not doing it, you know, and, and, and I'm not letting you, I'm not, you know, I want my children to be, uh, although we've, we've seen in the West, of course, these are not devotee people, but Indian families come, and they're vegetarian, but then they let the children be non-vegetarian because they feel that, you know, they're in the West and they're in school and I don't want my child to be odd or, or, or something, you know, I want to, you know, they're, they're trying to merge into the Western culture yes, yes. and they allow their children to go completely to hell, uh, even though they're, you know, vegetarians themselves, but they'll let their children, I've heard that many times. Uh, of course, these aren't devotees, they're not. You know, they don't know why they're vegetarians. That's the thing. It's a culture. I'm a vegetarian because that's the way I was brought up. But once one understands why I'm a vegetarian, then I then you you would insist that your children never eat meat. Also, you know. So the reason would be even many to please Krishna because Krishna wants us to be. That's why we are vegetarians. That's yes, right. Yeah. And even, uh, I mean, there are a lot of people who are ve- in the West, uh, people are vegetarians for health uh, or for the uh, sake of the animals, animal rights and, you know, things like that. PETA, the PETA group, people for ethical treatment of animals. But they're not devotees. They're not vegetarians to please Krishna. They're just uh, yeah. they're vegetarians to please yeah. In my family, too, like I know someone who's basically, uh, parents are pure vegetarian, both of them, they don't eat egg, nothing, they eat onion, garlic, but they're vegetarian. But their daughter, mm-hmm. who was like, non, like completely non-vegetarian, because why she's going to college now, and she doesn't, she has to do some things, it'll be difficult mm-hmm. for her, you know, to find vegetarian food. So all these things are there, and I'm like surprised why they're pushing the child to be, uh, you know, uh, they've been like stout vegetarians, but their child is, their daughter is all non-vegetarian. So I think some some kind of fear is also there, you know, uh, that you know we will not fear. be accepted in the society or uh, like that. Well, that's it. They want to. They they don't want the child. Yeah, they want the child to fit in with the friends and you know society. Yeah. You know. I mean, being a vegetarian is is a little inconvenient sometimes in terms of like if you're at college and you're living in the dorm and like my daughter my granddaughter just went to college she just turned she's 18 and just started college this fall and uh they she lives in the dorm and but she you know she's strict vegetarian she's super strict <laughs> obviously she's a she's a goes to the temple and leads the kirtans and uh, you know nice. it's the, the child the, every like you said everyone has to fly their own airplane the child needs to be they they didn't they didn't instill in the child the reasons why she's a vegetarian or why the parents are vegetarians and they don't understand the importance of it 
you know, because ultimately it's sinful to kill animals, and ultimately Krishna wants us to be vegetarians. Krishna is a vegetarian. Krishna loves the cows. I mean, I even know devotee, devotees, Western, I have a one de, Western devotee friend, Prabhupada disciple. His daughter uh, just uh, gave up being a vegetarian and everything and married some karmi guy, uh, non-devotee, and eats uh, everything. And, you know, some, pe- some people don't want to do it. You know, to be a devotee is not, you know, it takes work. You know, it's... it's uh, you have to, you know, restrictions are there. We don't drink, we don't smoke, we don't take drugs, uh, we don't eat meat, fish, eggs. Uh, onion and garlic is, uh, you know, less important, but also important. Uh, we, we, Krishna doesn't like food with onions or garlic in it, shall we say we don't offer those things to Krishna. But, uh, you know, eating an onion is not the same as eating meat. Let's put it that way. It's uh, it's less less down the line of importance, but uh, we can't offer onions to Krishna. Indian cooking, of course, a lot of the, a lot of people use onions and garlic. It's, but it's a question of what your what you know your training. Yes, and so it, it's a great struggle to for us to be Krishna conscious, for the family to be Krishna conscious. Uh, there's always temptation. Maya's there. People are in illusion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, people forget, uh, you know, it's like, it's like, how did my friend's daughter give it up? She's an illusion. You know, how, do, how does anyone give up Krishna consciousness? Maya covers them. Prabhupada said, just as Krishna is everywhere, Maya is also everywhere, all pervading. Maya is very powerful. She has this job to keep us here. And, and we came here as rebellious souls. Why did we come to the world in the first place? We were rebellious. We wanted to enjoy, separate from God. So God says, go, all right, you go ahead, try it. And then, then we have birth, death, disease, and old age. And uh, so many other problems in between. You know, we, we, we're not here because we're pure devotees. We're here because we're, we're uh, rebellious so to, uh, to again hook up with Krishna and uh, that spiritual blissful consciousness. That's why I said one has to realize he's suffering. When one realizes he's suffering, he'll search for the search for the answer. Otherwise, if one thinks he's, you know, if one's in deep illusion, then that's why people take drugs and intoxication. All the time, Western people used to watch any movie, any TV show. They're always drinking. You associate with any Western people. Uh, happy hour drinking. Everyone's drinking because uh, they're miserable. <laughs> and drinking gives them some kind of uh, uh, temporary relief uh, somehow makes them feel uh, lightheaded. I don't know. I never really drank. Even though I was joined Krishna consciousness late, I, I wasn't that late. I was 17, so it's, it's not like uh, I, did, I, I didn't do much... <laughs> <laughs> Other devotees who joined when they, after college and stuff, they did. They experimented with many things, but uh, I, I never did. So I, I never had a temptation to uh, try these things. So, fortunately, now, which uh, verse you mentioned that Kunti Maharani said uh, materially exhausted? Where is that? Uh, where can we read yeah. about? That? Well, there's a, you know, her prayers by Queen Kunti are in the Bhagavatam. I think she's in the first canto. Uh, okay. 
uh, a famous section is like uh, she's talking with Lord. She's meeting Lord Krishna and she's uh, talking with him. Uh, let me ask my wife if she knows what what canto, what chapter. Hang on. Hey, Rob. Yeah. 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 That something everybody should, uh, uh, Prabhupada, you know, he quotes those verses now and then uh, he has them memorized. And there's a book, uh, Prayers by, you know, there's a series of lectures that Prabhupada gave on the prayers of Queen Kunti and they published it as a book. You can probably find it online because I, I don't think it's out of print now, exactly. Prayers by Queen Kunti. Yeah, I have that book, I have that book. Oh, you have that book. All right, so that's that's from the Bhagavatam, you know, from her prayers. So if you have that book, just uh, take a look at that, and then yeah, you can resort and see what verses they are that they're talking about. But she says, the, uh, materially exhausted, one must be materially exhausted. Uh, they can pray, you know. It's like uh, done with the material. That's why, that's, <laughs> materially exhausted. Yeah, that's why these people who are, what, what's that? I said material exhausted, another word would be, we can phrase it as we are done with this material world. Now we want to concentrate on Krishna, yeah. you know? <laughs> right, they're not interested again in enjoying, you know, the. that's why we have these uh, regulations, because all of these things are sinful. Eat, meat eating, intoxication, gambling, uh, uh, sex outside of marriage, these are all opposite of what Krishna consciousness is. And these are all, um, you know, we're supposed to be uh, in, in, uh, in agreement. With, we're supposed to be working for Krishna's enjoyment, not for our enjoyment. So all yes. of these things are for our enjoyment. You know, intoxication, yeah, sex, gambling. I wanted the uh, exact quote for the fourth, uh, that illicit relationship, you know, uh, breaking the rules of having sex out of marriage. Uh, where is uh, what you said something about the burning uh, uh, some punishment is given where oh is that? the hells yes that, that's in fifth canto can um, you give me the, uh, around the close words where otherwise there'll be a lot of reading for me well, well there's, a, there's a there's a picture there's if you have the book if you have the set of the Bhagavatam, right. you just look through the pictures in the front and they'll okay. show there's one picture they painted pictures of these things of the man embracing the fiery form of a woman um, and that's you know from the verse where it's describing that illicit sex uh, this is the hell you go to so the first the first the fifth can I was in well I don't know how different publications but it's in two parts so it's in the early part of the fifth canto and it's and it describes all the different types of sufferings for different yes, alcohol, sex. When we do about some family members, you know, their personal life, and we preach to them, but if you tell them, you know, this is one of the sinful acts, it doesn't affect them. But sometimes when we tell them, like, you know, like, okay, this is what you can face. Uh, so then I just wanted the reference. Uh, sometimes you have to go this way and that way. 
uh, in order to tell people to come back on track, be straight, you know. Whatever it is, your husband's mm-hmm. spouse is not good, whatever situation you have, but why, you know, uh, go for this extra enjoyment in life and, you know, what is there to really enjoy in this well, world? Well, they, they think, well, well what's, wrong? what's wrong with drinking? You know, I, I'm not yeah, going yeah. to die from drinking. What's wrong with me eating, uh, uh, you know, yes. chicken? Yes, yes. You know, like a lot I mean, of Indians are, you know, they, they won't eat the beef, but they'll eat the chicken and they'll eat the fish and they'll eat, yeah, the, yeah. eat the goats. And actually, all four of them, Prabhuji, our regular principles we are breaking is actually trying to enjoy all of them, like intoxication, enjoy, like you said, people are drinking all the time. And then uh, illicit, they want mm-hmm. to enjoy more outside marriage. And then even uh, gambling, more, they want more money and more and more and more, more of mm-hmm. passion, you know. So in a way, they want to do so much, uh, uh, if they keep on doing this more business, then, you know, it's impossible for them to, uh, uh, you know, come to Krishna. That's a fact. Well, because in Krishna consciousness, we understand we're supposed to serve God, and if they're not interested, yeah. in, if they don't believe in God, and yeah. you know, yeah. maybe they've heard of God, you know, but they don't actually want to follow God, then they're not going to take any restrictions. That's, yeah. uh, you know, you know, why, 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 why do these restrictions? I, I don't want to do these restrictions. Like I, I we all have uh, friends that. I, you know, that we know, people we know that we'll, we'll never take to it. I, I have, you know, people I associate with for 20 years, American guy, but hmm. he, he, he says, yeah, vegetarian is a good diet, but he'll never do it because he's just, he doesn't see, he's just lazy. He's, he doesn't want to take the effort. Takes an effort, you know, takes an effort to take up Krishna consciousness. Takes a big effort. And I remember and probably one like one is we had like a puja, Damodar puja at our place. And there was a uh, Spanish uh, Mataji who used to come. And she told me, I really want to leave eating beef, you know. But, you know, it is so tasty. I just, my tongue just she cannot <laughs> leave it. Is, and it, I was is this a Western shocked. person? Yeah. Is I was like, just shocked, you know, uh, it's so, I mean, like she just got so helpless. At the sense, sense level, so helpless the people are. Yes, yes, so help. Just like, you know, some people cannot give up, uh, you know, all these things. Even to stop alcohol is a big, uh, people, well, people become addicted to it. Uh, they become addicted to, like, they, the reporter asked Prabhupada, why don't you drink coffee and tea? And said, Prabhupada said, because we do not want to become addicted and become the servant of uh, the tea and the coffee. We don't want to become addicts. People become addicts to drinking. Alcoholism is a is a disease, and mm-hmm. even uh, even uh, over sexual desires is a disease in a sense. You know they they have counseling for this. People you know people are just uh, their senses are just out of control. So the 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 whole idea of yoga is to control the senses. You know, well, that's why we, that's the purpose of any kind of yoga is to control the mind, control the senses. But, uh, but you can say like this, like the meat, uh, I mean, now they make all this tofu uh, imitation meat uh, products that you can buy at the store. It tastes, it ta- you know, it's spiced and tastes like uh, meat, but it's not, it's obviously tofu. So people that still like the taste can buy these artificial products. 
and uh, without the killing of the animal. You know, they, they have these vegetable uh, dogs, hot dogs, veggie dogs. And oh, you're, you're familiar with all this stuff, I think. Yes, Prabhuji. Thank you so much, Prabhuji. Otherwise, we can end the call. It's almost been like two hours on the call. Thank you for your precious time. Right, it's been a long time. Yeah. And I don't know, um, <laughs> yeah. Prabhuji, we can end the recording actually, I don't know whether we ended or not. All right, so we'll end, we're ending now then. Yes, thank you okay, so much. Okay, well, thank you then. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Hare Krishna. 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 Hare Krishna.